You're listening to Attack the Pod, a podcast with news, views, and how-tos inspired by Amsterdam's biggest, biggest best, best, and most international triathlon and cycling club with your hosts, Neil and Matt. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year from Attack the Pod here. This is Attack the Pod number seven. We're recording before the New Year, but you're listening after New Year. This is going to be weird because we're recording just before Christmas. Yeah. So the, the chronology <laughs> might get a little bit mixed up. Yeah. And we've got, well, we're going to cover that soon, but we've got the, the live yeah. show coming up, which you'll hear. We're recording it after... After this show, that's true. But well, before you listen, but you'll to this hear one. it before. So we're just getting so professional. Yeah. It's like we just have to. We're, it's we're like in demand. There's a, a glitch in the space-time continuum or something <laughs> going on. So, but anyway, happy New Year to attack uh, members. It is the New Year. It should be this should air around about the second of January. I'm Neil, your co-host of Attack the Pod. I'm Matt, and thank God 2020's done. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't think it's going to get much better for the for the next few months. And we have a special guest with us. Uh, a member of the club and Matt is going to introduce him because I will get your surname wrong and your nationality but we'll talk about that later <laughs> uh, well I, I'm not guaranteed to get it right either am I but uh, we have Luis with us so am I going to go with Montero very good but you're Portuguese so that can't be the end of your name surely that, that is my last name yeah is no but, your full but name? what's your full name Luis Felipe de Conceição Monteiro there we go. Ah, see, we knew there was something <laughs> hidden there. We knew there was something hidden there. So we've got Lewis. Uh, who, t- today's theme is actually all about running. And Lewis is a run coach. And we're going to, well, a lot of you will know him from, from the intervals. Uh, but there's none going on in the winter or in COVID or for the rest of 2020. There's, so we're saving up. We're saving up for next year when we're allowed to go out and run again in, in groups. Um, so we're going to take a detailed look at running, we're going to look at races, we're going to talk about training and I think we've got the two most qualified people to talk about this in the club, with the exception of myself, um, in the room with me. So we're going to do a lot of stuff about running. Um, and yeah, we'll do our usual shout outs, any rants, we're going to talk about try news if there's anything through lockdown, and then we're going to cover uh, running in detail. So yep. with that, let's do it. I think we'll start with getting to know uh, Lewis a little better. For those that don't know you, um, although, as I say, you, you take the interval sessions in the East throughout the summer, right? And I uh, imagine one of the longer-serving TAC members. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, I remember the first uh, the first meetups. Yeah, yeah, was exactly. It was in uh, Vondel Park, right? Yeah. I think it was when yeah. I met you. You were, host, you were both doing it, but you yeah. were taking the uh, interval sessions, which... Uh, gets a lot of people into the club was these Vondel Park uh, yep. running interval sessions. So that was where I first met you. And that is going to be at least six years ago because it's when I used to live near Vondel Park and now I'm too lazy to go there. So yeah, yeah at least six years ago. Tell us how you came to Amsterdam and how long you've been here. 13 years ago, already some, uh, some time ago. I wanted a bit of change of uh, scenario. I come from the south of uh, Portugal, from Algarve, sand, beach, uh, <laughs> so you definitely got to change with Amsterdam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily for the better. No, <laughs> Do no. you miss the weather? I miss the sun. The sun, yeah. yeah I miss yeah. the sun and the warmth. A bit. <laughs> but I'm, uh, I, I was always, that's what I was going to say, I was always a, more of a winter kind. Okay. So in summer when everybody was flooding Algarve yeah. for vacations, I would uh, I would pack up and you go to the mountains. <laughs> I would go to, to winter places just yeah. to uh, have a little bit of mountain as yeah. well and uh, snow. I used to do some uh, snow trekking. So going from point A to point B, like in, yeah. in a week or something, just carrying everything with me. A lot of people wouldn't associate Portugal with snow. 
Like it's not something you'd automatically. No, but think I would. Of. I would go abroad. I would go to, to the Pyrenees. There are to, a couple to, of ski resorts in Portugal officially, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. sort of. Uh, Serra yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, so you came, but still there. Uh, you came to Amsterdam for a change of scenery. There was yeah. one of these things where you said, I'll go there for a few years, like the rest of us, and <laughs> here you are 13 years on, or was that always the goal? It was pretty much the goal, yeah. Ah, okay. It, so was, it was not a couple of year move, it was, uh, it was more of a, a long-term yeah. Yeah. change. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about your sporting background, in a nutshell. Uh, in a nutshell, yeah. I did pretty much everything <laughs> I could to get my hands on. I was very, uh, I got bored really quick from the sport. I was never too good to to give it um, continuity. So as soon, as soon as I... With any sport? Yeah, with any sport. Yeah. I did like, I don't know, tennis, basketball, uh, gymnastics, uh, swimming, water polo. Uh, the the one that I found that I, I got, had some aptitude was running and I did some um, cross country. That was like high school, but I was running a bit of cross country in high school. And then like what happens most of the time, like you follow your friends. Yeah. Most of my friends went to water polo, so I went with them. See, that's where I went wrong because most of my friends went to alcohol and kebabs <laughs> and partying. <laughs> and I went with them. Yeah. I went with them. <laughs> so it's very true what you say. You do follow your friends, but some of us don't have the most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, so I'm interested for, for, for the Brits uh, listening. When you say cross country, we've got a view of uh, the coldest day of the year. We're sent off in a field in our football boots and told to run around I don't know, a forest or... Yeah a football pitch or something. What does cross country look like in, in Portugal? I would relate it like it's a um, cyclocross with running shoes. Okay. So it's like a little bit hilly, but then yeah. there's like this path and then you just follow a route and then you do laps. The season was also end summer, beginning winter, so it starts to get like muddy. Mm-hmm. It's very so, much like uh, cyclocross yeah, there. Right? Very much like cyclocross. Well, that's cool. So you, you, you done that then and then, yeah. and then, and then, got then uh, to water travel. polo. Yeah. And then again, one of my friends, a good friends from water polo. Uh, the, so all of this happens in, in the pool. We have the, the swimming uh, team and we have uh, the water polo and uh, other, um, other sports going on. And then two years before they started triathlon and this friend of mine went to triathlon and then he thought I would like it. He invited me, I did one and I, and I flipped. <laughs> I, I, left, <laughs> I left triathlon and I started triathlon. I was elected. What was your first one? was in Lagos, was a sprint. I came third in the juniors. Oh, nice. Uh, just because we were three. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need to say that. Yeah, we, yeah. we can edit that out if you want. <laughs> oh, that's great. But uh, I, got, uh, I got a bit of a taste for it. Yeah. And Especially then, if you're someone that sort of uh, tried the hand at lots of sports, triathlons, yeah. perfectly made for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you say is your best sporting achievement? The most memorable one, my first marathon. Right. Where was that? Yeah, uh, here in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. okay. Nice. Yeah, 2009. How did you find the tag? So after that marathon, I got a bit of the, the, the bug to, to run more. Yeah. And as I always like to think that I'm a triathlete that runs mostly. Uh, so um, I thought, well, there's once, uh, there's a thing like once you start triathlon, there's, you, you get, you come, you come across Ironman in a way or another uh, by others who've done it or if you read about it. Yeah. And then it's like from young age, it was like in the back of my head. And I thought, well, I've done a marathon, so I guess I just have to swim and bike. So I decided to start training for it. But it's such a, a big thing, just I, I had no knowledge 
so I decided I need, maybe I need some some help with this. Yeah. So I I decided to search for uh, for some help and I found uh, the meetups, the club, and I thought well, it's definitely there's some experienced uh, trialists there who can give yeah. me uh, information. So I joined and uh, started tapping in on the knowledge. Right. You you listened to the podcast list, right? Yeah. You know what's coming. You know the the quick fire round. Yeah, I'm not too good at it, uh, <laughs> but I'll That's, give it a go. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to do the quick fire round. I added some things in here that maybe you don't know about, Matt. So this is going to get quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's so see. some of them you might, you, you should be ready for some of them, right? Shaved legs. Old habits die hard. Track or trails? Trails. Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Is it Nike or is it Nike? Officially Nike, right? Nike, so mm. they say. Amsterdam or Lisbon? Mm. Amsterdam. In Lisbon or Porto? Porto. Oh, why is that? Uh, I studied close by Porto, so yeah. it's a uh, close to heart city. It's uh -huh. a beautiful city. Yeah, nice I've people. never been. Treadmill? Uh, done it once or twice. <laughs> is that all? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, here's one. That I, I don't even know the pronunciation here, but I'm going to try. So Ronaldo or Yao Felix? Is that right? Xiao Felix. Xiao Felix. Joao? No. I don't, I don't know, know. The, the second one. Joao? Joao Felix? Is that a football player? Yeah, I was going for two okay. football. You're asking it? a pole, water polo player, <laughs> yeah. a tennis player, a triathlete Sorry. about football. Right, that, I'll that. go for uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo, yeah. Past, uh, pasta de, de nata or Olibon? Pasta de nata. Ah, they're real nice. Lance Armstrong? I think he's uh, an impressive uh, cyclist. Nice, nice. You can swear. Some people would like just... Give, say swear words at this point. <laughs> Practicing for the live show. Not with that in mind. <laughs> so carbon plates and running shoes. Inevitable. Okay. Rebel coaching or Luis Monteri Montero <laughs> running coach. <laughs> Luis Montero running coach. <laughs> Gotta support you Aaron, every time. <laughs> there we are. That was good. But if you want to go for a uh, triathlon, rebel coaching. <laughs> nice. Diplomatic answer. I was going to say, that's very, very, yeah, very yeah, diplomatic. Yeah, politician in there. <laughs> right. That was, uh, you did well there. Some people, some people are, um, some people struggle with that. It wasn't too bad. And what you won't know for the listeners out there is most people hesitate. I just cut out all the hesitation and make it sound like everyone's really fast, <laughs> which we will for you as well. Um, right, so we're going to come on to shout outs now. Um, first of all, I'm going to start with new members because I did reach out to... You did not. I did. Oh. I, I reached out to Cassandra for the new member list. And there's none. <laughs> there's no anything, none. anything. There's none for November and there's none for December. She thinks everyone's... Um, because, they, you know, uh, most people don't want to pay just for two months, but... Um, and also, there's not really a lot happening. <laughs> no, but you get access to all the inside scoop of it's true. attack. It's true. Is, it's worth it which just is for worth that. the fee alone. On on that note, for those that are members, it automatically renews. And if you don't want it to automatically renew, then you have to let Cassandra know by the tenth of January. So. Um, drop her a note. I think the, uh, I, I did have it written down, but oh yeah, I think it's attack.membership at gmail.com, but you can check it online. Drop her an email if you don't want to renew, which we can't think for any reason why, but if you don't, drop her a note and then that will get, that will get cancelled. Otherwise it'll be renewed automatically, right? Yeah. We just take the money out of your account and... Uh, That's basically that. We just take it and say yeah. thank you and we yeah. don't care where you are. Don't even say thank you. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't actually, no. <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah, if you don't want to join, again, don't know why, but um, drop drop an email. Any rants? 
I've can't... got one. It's completely untry related, but I, I, no, 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 I, I don't think we need a try related rant. I think right. any ranting is good. And and you know, I'm, and I'm these gr- are the times for rants, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? So it's COVID related, and you know, I'm, I, I like to talk. What is the deal with people wearing masks in cars? Now, I'm not talking about Uber. I'm not talking about the school bus. Well, schools are closed now. I'm talking about... In their own car. Like, you see people leaving the household who live next to me when I'm out walking the dog. And one of them sitting in the car with a mask on. Now, I, I, I know it's a sensitive subject. I know that we don't want to go too full on in the COVID thing. But really, what the fuck? Like, what, what is that all about? I, We're not in, a like, an anti-mask rant here. This, no, isn't, no, no. this isn't full on... No, no, I'm not an anti-masker or anti-vaxxer or anything. I just want to understand what am I missing now I get the whole thing oh it could be you know vulnerable members but we're talking about and I'm making assumptions here man and wife coming out the house <laughs> together wife sitting in car with a mask on okay what am I missing am I missing something here or am I, am I so going my down question the wrong is, rabbit hole here uh, did they put the mask on to get in the car or are they just wearing the mask as standard from kind of dawn till dusk like, do they wear the mask at home all day? And would <laughs> you, you be imagine? offended if you're the half? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> so, well, answers on a postcard. If anyone knows, Lewis, any ideas what this might be about? I was, yeah. If they're coming out of home, I don't understand. I was going to say sometimes I leave, like, I, I have to come from north. I, I, I take the boat. And sometimes I forget to take the mask off. Yeah. So I'm biking with the mask I've for done a good that. five yeah. minutes yeah, or I've ten until I remember, hey, I'm still wearing I cycled home from the supermarket with a mask on. Yeah, so, I totally yeah. get it. And I've done it because usually I've got, I'm on my scooter and I put my helmet on and I'm like, oh, shit, and the mask on. I, yeah. I, I totally get that. What I don't get, I mean, because there are instances, if you're passing them on the highway, you think, well, fair enough. You know, they might not know each other, might be giving someone a, a ride somewhere, whatever. I'm talking about people come out their house. I see it when I'm walking the dog and one of them wearing a mask I don't get it but anyway I'm sure there's good reason for it but that's my rant over we don't have anything else unless Lewis maybe they're just ugly as fuck (laughs) (laughs) it could be that they're just taking the opportunity they look great with a mask (laughs) on (laughs) it's like us a face for a podcast (laughs) right anyway on that note thanks for lowering the tone there Matt I think we're going to we're going to move on to try news now I think before we go there um We've got a new jingle for the for the trying news on the back of on the back of my uh, your debut jingle yeah. last week. Well, yeah, yeah, the the last episode which took a lot of time. So we'll we'll listen to um I think we'll listen to this one. This is the news of triathlon stuff. <laughs> High production values. So Matt, tell us about this. Talk us through the process. I'm well, keen to know how. I was how- inspired by your <laughs> effort last week, and I thought. You know, all the sections of the show probably need a jingle. Yeah. Which is a a call to action, I think, for club members to produce their own jingle. Yeah, I think so. I know you might struggle to produce the quality that we've been producing. That's true, that's true. I mean, um, we can't all be professionals. So I wanted one for the news and uh, there was a TV show back here, sort of in my, I don't know, would it be in late teens, early 20s, called The Day to Day, which was a, a kind of spoof News show. This is the news of triathlon stuff. <laughs> that is brilliant. Right, triathlon news, Matt. Yeah. So uh, the, well, the big news is that we have some triathlon news. Um, there's actually been a triathlon, a professional, real swim, bike, run triathlon uh, challenge Daytona. It was um, pitched as the PTO World Championship. So obviously this year, the professional triathlon organization pitched up tried to unionize, I guess, uh, professional triathlon, especially over the longer distances. 
um, did a lot of really good work supporting um, long distance pro athletes um, who, you know, pretty much have a livelihood taken away from them. And let's remember that an awful lot of them aren't Jan Fredino and Lucy Charles kind of uh, levels when they're making, you know, serious wedge from this. Most of them are just getting by and doing part-time jobs and all those things as well. Yeah. So they, they hope to run a few races this year. Uh, unfortunately, they all got sort of struck off by, by COVID, but eventually they, they were able to put on this sort of championship race uh, at the Daytona Speedway. So the, the swim and stand was sort of a, a kind of lake nearby. The bike is laps around the Speedway, which makes it probably the only uh, race in the world that has a more boring bike course yeah. than Chandra Amira. Um, <laughs> Ooh, controversial. You went there. Open it back you up. Went there. I thought we'd go over that. And the run on the inside of the track, I think. So it, obviously it's quite a closed kind of circuit race, just under Which a lends half distance. to a pandemic, I guess. That was the... Yeah, it was day. very easy to control or, you know, yeah. easier than a, a typical race to control by the looks of all the videos around it. There was a lot of controls going in there, everyone being tested yeah. around it. But I guess it's just great news that we actually had a race. Uh, the winner, Paula Finlay, won the, uh, the Canadian athlete, really good to see her cause she was really strong ITU athlete and then had a lot of injury issues and then sort of been coming back at the non-drafting stuff in the last few years. Um, big win for her. And then Gustav Eden, the, uh, Norwegian who won the 70.3 worlds last year, again, an ITU athlete, uh, pretty young athlete. He, he, yeah, showed how, how much potential he has at the distance. So, um, yeah, good racing. And um, nice to see there was something and maybe a kind of inclination that we might start to see some racing early next year, I guess. Let's, let's hope so. It might not look the same, but, it, you know, let's hope we, we can get some. So, yeah. That's good. And that was the only triathlon news. Nice <laughs> <laughs> that was the only triathlon. So <laughs> One race. One news. Yeah. <laughs> At least we had one piece so that it was worthy of a jingle. So yeah. yeah, we should hear that again. This is the news of triathlon stuff. <laughs> I, I really want to see if someone can do better than that. I, I'm not sure. We're but, throwing you know, the gauntlet there. Yeah. We want some jingles. Which, so which section do you think we need? Uh, yeah, let's, let's put Maybe shout outs. Uh, someone to do a, a shout outs jingle or. Um, yeah, because that's one that we always quick do. Questions. Quick questions. Yeah, yeah that would be a good idea. Yeah. 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 Quick fire round questions. If anyone can do as a better, I mean, it'll be hard. It'll be hard to beat that. But you know, if you if you want to, if you want to give it a try, there's no other competition taking place. So <laughs> yeah, might as it. well. What else are you doing? <laughs> frankly, we have um, some new attack only cycling sessions at City Alps. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't know what City Alps was until this news got um, wired to me. So it's worth talking about that. It's it's kind of like a I'm gonna get I'm gonna get shot for this, but it's like a glorified spin studio, isn't it? Yeah, but better than like Soul Cycle type. Uh, yeah, things. I think it's closer to the kind of like what bike, if yeah. you like. So um, spin sessions, a... but kind of more aimed at cyclists with a more cycle feel to the yeah, bike. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's a lot more sort of science type, data driven stuff. I had a quick look in the website. And yeah, it looks like they're, they're, so the they're sessions will be on. based on kind of you, you can plug in your FTP. Um, yeah. So kind of you know if you're recovering at 60%, that'll be 60% for everyone. So it's kind of an equivalent level. Whereas 
I don't know, I'm guessing there'll be like VO2 max stuff yeah. in there and everyone will suffer equally even though yeah. they'll be pushing a different... So it's kind of like the, the group power. sessions that have been taking place on Trainer Road, but yeah. you get yeah. to do it live in a studio, hopefully, when things open up and when the controls and whatever we have to do to to, to get there. Um, they yeah, are and I think especially for people that don't have access to a trainer at home yeah. or, or want the more social element, that's, yeah. uh, you know, when, once that's possible, I think it's going to be a great kind of addition to the, uh, it sounds to quite the calendar. Cool. Yeah, it sounds quite cool. And they've got, it's basically 30 people in a class, so normally, let's see what that ends up being, but there's music and I uh, think an instructor and they're going to do attack only sessions and it's not very expensive either it's pretty cheap so I can't remember what was it like 60 euros or something for like, I'm sure we'll uh, have more details as we get closer to the time correct so we'll have better. more details yeah if yeah. we're allowed to if we're allowed to to move right so we're going to move on to today's theme or to this month's theme we're not doing daily podcasts. <laughs> We're going to move on to, to the, the theme. There's been a lot of requests for this one, running, actually. And I think it's because so many of us do it. Some are great, some are not so great. I'm one of the not so great, but I still do it. And everyone can run, all you need is a pair of shoes. So it's long overdue this episode. We've talked about all other stuff. So uh, that's why we thought it would be great to have Lewis here. And we've got Matt here as always. So we're, we're going to talk about running. Well, I thought firstly, maybe we can get a little bit of background on Luis and his sort of relationship with running. He's sort of given us a bit of uh, information about his uh, sporting background, but more from like a coaching journey perspective. How was it that you sort of decided to take the leap from running as a runner to helping other people improve? Yeah, it started actually a request from a friend of mine he did the marathon in 2008 uh, sorry 18 and I paced him on his first marathon he did uh, 345 and then in 2019 early 2019 he asked me to coach him because he wanted to do a uh, three hour 30 so yeah. three hour 30 yeah I told him I know nothing about coaching uh, I'll, but uh, give me a moment I'll, I'll research it and uh, I'll get it back to you and uh, like one one does I went to the internet and uh, it's full of rabbit holes and conflicting articles. And uh, I spent about two and a half hours on YouTube <laughs> last night <laughs> speaking of rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you get, uh, yeah, you get very easily you get lost in yeah. all the information and the training plans and uh, what fits what. What I needed was a bit more of comprehensive, science-based body of knowledge. So I decided to start a course. And I found uh, Wesca United Endurance Sports Coaching Academy, and they offered an online program. So uh, I did that at the same time that I was coaching him. So I was studying and, and applying yeah. the concepts to him. In the meantime, we brought Rita to the fold. Uh, this friend of mine is Tiago, is uh, Portuguese, so we were like uh, the three of us. And we decided that uh, she would run the marathon with us for her first marathon as yeah. well. So uh, I got two test subjects. And in 2000, end of 2019, he ended up doing a 328. Nice. And he did 335. Uh, so that was, uh, that was my first introduction to coaching. How did you find the course? So I wanted to do something online that gave me the time to kind of explore the concepts because mm -hmm. I, I couldn't go to, to school now or, or, or do something that was a bit more deep. I wanted to be something that I could have the content and that allowed me to kind of explore after. The nice thing about this one was that at, at the end of the chapter, of each chapter, you have like all the, the studies, you have links to, to the studies that, that were done that kind of back, uh, science uh, backed these uh, this, uh, claims. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to go deeper, you can go deeper and, and get the papers and then research uh, uh, more. So it was it's very broad, has many things on the on the program. So it's mostly about marathon training. Uh, yeah. Pretty much basic about it. It goes over a lot of things, like a little bit of nutrition, a little bit of gear, uh, injuries, but 
doesn't go too deep. It's mostly about program building. It's obviously a very detailed course, but if you had one takeaway from that course that sort of jumped out at you and surprised you and, you know, what was it? How much focus they had on the body. Uh, the physiological kind of the, the physiological, type. Yes, yeah. yeah. Kind of the energy systems, how you use energy. It's very easy for us to forget these things, you know, and just think the basics. I just need, <laughs> I just said that, you know, a couple of minutes ago, you just need a pair of shoes and out you go. But if you want to be competitive, it's very easy to forget everything that goes into it, yeah. you know, for yeah. professionals. So I guess it's quite good that that is a, a big focus of it. It's the difference between uh, running and having goals, right, as mm-hmm. well. Like anyone yeah. can run. Anyone can just put a pair of sneakers on and go out yeah. and do it. And if it's for... Can I just stop you there? It's trainers, Matt. Sorry. It's trainers. <sighs> we don't wear sneakers here. Just my wife, FYI. Uh, <laughs> my wife studied in... Oh, sorry, grew up in the US for, for like five years. So I've got all these terrible habits that... <laughs> Right, I've got a British accent and then I call it gas instead of petrol. I have and to do that because I, I could say it to you, I'm going to the garage to get some sweets. You'd know exactly yeah, what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, but no one else like, does. what the hell is that? <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah so, and that's totally valid as well, right? If you just want to stay fit, if you want to stay active, you want to control your weight, all these different things. That's one thing. And even if you started, if you want to do a, I don't know, a 10K or something, you'll get there by doing that. But if you have done those things and then you want to start to get faster, and that's the difference between that, I think, like running and training. And the same for all these different things where, yeah, yeah it isn't just about putting on your trainers and, uh, <laughs> and leaving the door anymore. So I think what we were going to look at now or, or sort of take a similar approach to what we did with the cycling episode. So the first sort of area, and moving on from that, a lot of people are, are maybe at that level where they have to sort of put their sneakers on and left the door <laughs> or just past that. And they've just done their first couple of races and maybe don't know a lot more or don't have any insight into like the world of running and what it looks like so it sort of thought it'd be interesting to go through like what types of running there are from from sort of types of running through to distances what are your thoughts there louise yeah i, I have a couple of Lewis is our most prepared guest here he's got notes <laughs> he is yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's more prepared than i am <laughs> <laughs> it's nice but, someone's yeah. actually got a bit of uh, organization <laughs> yeah. here i had in uh, asked uh, matt in advance can you give me some points? yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, uh, yeah nice. Lewis is making notes now he's making jingles <laughs> that's how he's been chosen to spend the time <laughs> this is the news <laughs> of triathlon stuff yeah right <laughs> What I have here, and I, uh, I think I, we can put this, not necessarily, but probably in terms of distance, I guess. We can start at, at the track, which is probably the best alternative to the treadmill. If you want to have like a consistent, flat, rhythmic, probably very good for, for testing. When we, look, when we talk about the track, we talk about what everyone sees at the Olympics, right? You yeah. know, the big the track yeah. and field, yeah. someone running yeah. around in yeah. circles. or Yeah, 400 yeah. meter. Uh, 100 meter loop, yeah. essentially. After that, I guess, trails. So you move on to a different type of terrain. This is like through the forest. Yeah, through the forest. Or or something. Like soft grounds. Probably it's very much associated to also (coughs) elevation or or elevation difference. But here, not not here, but uh, normally trails is is, uh, through the woods. So you'll get a little bit of up and down. So it's good to train a little bit of different uh, muscle groups and uh, because you get like different uh, pace variability as well and to a degree that cro- the, what we're talking about before cross country is almost trail running right they, yeah, there, there's exactly. a, a yeah. big crossover there yeah. maybe cross country is just a more formalized yeah. version of of trail racing yeah exactly so what i have here cross country is uh, cyclocross with running shoes like like we said yeah and it's, it's a great way of putting it i, I really get that <laughs> yeah it's trails but then uh, race mode because you wouldn't do cross country uh you would go to like follow those those uh, padded lines uh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. out of 
fine. You, you, you'll probably just race there. It's mostly that. And then you have normal roads, which is probably the most common uh, way to, to run. Once you find a good route, uh, you, you, you can run pretty okay without... So uh, Dam to Dam, Amsterdam Marathon, these are road races. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Once, once you lace up and you leave home for a run, yeah. you're running on the road. You're road running most <laughs> of the time. Yeah, right. exactly. There was a bit exactly. of sky running, Matt. It's I think essentially it's a sort of offshoot of trail running, but you, you, you kind of have these races, especially races, but also people train for these things where they're attracted to extreme altitude, let's say. Why yeah. would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to, so basically you're going to be really, it's going to be a really tough run, basically. You're at yeah. altitude, yeah. You're at altitude, but also often kind of following ridges and, and things of, oh, of mountain lines okay. and stuff. High altitude running on trails around, yeah, yeah around the tops of, of, or following the tops of, of like a range, for example. Mm -hmm. The guy we were talking about, uh, Killian Journet, the, mm -hmm. the guy that was attempting the 24 hour yeah. uh, time on the track, he is the, what they call the goat. Really? The, yeah. He's the of, of, that. Those, of uh, Maybe that's why he didn't finish. <laughs> Maybe he's just like, no, yeah. what? I'd rather do this at yeah. 20,000 feet yeah. or whatever. Too, too flat. <laughs> too flat. <laughs> After that one, I guess, yeah, you start adding distance. Then you have ultra endurance. Ultra run is everything above a marathon. But I would say you... You start an ultra around after 80 or something kilometers. Yeah. Uh, then you can probably really think that yeah, a double marathon is probably where you get like that, I, I that would, mental game already. I would disagree with that because <laughs> I've done a 53k <laughs> run. <laughs> so obviously that was an endurance run, right? Yeah, that's an ultra run. <laughs> I've yeah. never done a marathon, but I've done an ultra marathon. <laughs> yeah, you've gone through the marathon distance. Yeah, yeah. I was, that was too cool for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to see it as like almost, too, so you've got this sort of, um, you've got the surface and then you've got the distance to a degree, right? So um, Yeah, exactly. And the elevation in, in that. But I wonder, like, uh, have you got much experience of like track running and did you ever do or, or sort of any experience like uh, beyond just training for road racing, but also I guess there's a bit of a scene. I, I really don't know, but there must be a bit of like an athletic scene and a track running scene. Well, the only track I've done uh, actually until recently was uh, was with the tech yeah. on, on, the, on the intervals. Uh, but then... Uh, once we stopped on the east, I actually, they have been there already for a long time, but I've never really tapped into them, but I have a track and a club literally five minutes away from home. Okay. <laughs> Which one's that? Uh, the Atos. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right, a rival club? It's, it's uh, just no, running. It's just running. Yeah. Do they have it's, a podcast? They do not. <laughs> Call themselves a club. They don't even have a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they have a brand new track, which also has about 500 meters of trail uh, oh, around nice. the track, which is really sweet for me. And uh, since, they've, since we stopped on the East, I joined the club, started doing track with them. And I've actually learned quite, quite a bit about uh, track training. The, the intervals that they do are, are slightly different than what we do for our sessions. Oh, yeah. take note everyone because <laughs> intervals are about to get harder yeah. when <laughs> Lewis is back next summer I've done a couple of races with them more at the beginning of the uh, before we, we went into a harder lockdown it was really interesting to see how, how different you race uh, yeah. on a track so what kind of races and distances are they you know what, <coughs> what, what are they looking at what would be most people kind of aiming towards they put me on the long distance group which was the 5k <laughs> Everybody was pretty much, yeah, most people, like the, the young kids that were doing like 400 meters, 800 yeah. meters. There were a couple doing two kilometers and then there's the 5K. But on the, on the track, 5K is long distance, right? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that kind of change of, 
yeah. mentality. Yeah. Right? And also seeing people who are still training for that distance or maybe looking at like an 800 or a 1500 yeah. and yeah. how they how they run that. Because we get, as triathletes, we get that sort of click in the head or, or something about long, steady distance, right? They, it's sort of, the challenge is always maybe the next distance up to a degree rather than like, how do I run 800 meters yeah. really fast? Exactly. Which is a really tough thing to do in and of itself. So Yeah, and it, you think about 5K on, on, on road, for instance, and because you go zigzagging left and right and uh, you kind of, you lose track of who's in front of how, how far they are in front of you. Mm -hmm. So you don't really run with the other people. You, yeah. You kind of run by yourself. On track, you run with, uh, with, yeah, with shoulder everybody. Shoulder to shoulder, yeah. kind of in the pack. And you start on the, on the, on the uh, uh, perpendicular line to the, to the track mm -hmm. and then everybody just kind of runs into, the, into lane one. And then that positioning there is very important because, uh, for instance, this was my first race on, on track and I got behind, I was like in fourth place, I got behind the third and I thought I'll stay here and I'll draft from, from them. But then the guy in third started lagging and the first and second took off. And before I knew I, we were running a bit slower than I yeah. wanted, I'd pass him. But then the gap was too much and I couldn't go and, and pick them up because I was spending too much energy to yeah, kind of yeah. much chase like them. Cycling. It's yeah, almost like, like crit yeah. racing like or something like that. Yeah. Exactly like a crit. It's like getting dropped. And I, I, uh, I can imagine if I had stayed with first and second, I would probably hold on to them yeah. because you kind of go shoulder to shoulder with them. Because I was running alone now on third, probably like 20 meters behind them. I couldn't catch up. Yeah. And, and you're strong. using more energy as and well because yeah. you're on your own. Yeah. That's really interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Is it something that you recommend like your runners, whether they are triathletes or whether they're looking at like half marathon, marathon distance, is that something that you'd recommend people uh, try to do a bit more of? It, it's fun. I, I like it. I like it a lot because it's very competitive. Even the intervals, they're very uh, competitive. So there's the, we do the intervals and then uh, at every round, there's someone else uh, leading the interval. So uh, now we're doing like groups of four. So if you do four sets of, well, I don't know, 800, then you're going to be at the front at one of them. Yeah. So you have to kind of push the other guys and they'll be on your neck or on your shoulder telling you to go faster because they want to do a good workout. Yep. So they, they, they don't let you drop out and uh, it's, it's very intense. Okay, so the, the next one is uh, obviously the road racing is, is the more standard and that could be anything from 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, very usual distances, right, yep. that we're going to see around here. And, and by saying road, I mean, that includes the likes of, I don't know, the 10K around the Vondel Park and those kind of races. It doesn't have to be kind of, you know, don't dodge cars necessarily on the road, but that, the traditional, the Amsterdam Marathon, Rochester Marathon, they're all what count as road races. And I imagine that's what most people have in mind when they come for coaching. Yeah, they don't come for me for uh, the short distances. Well, I have some athletes who are starting running or they want to become better at running. So not necessarily with a goal in mind, just getting running into their system. Yeah. So we're not really aiming at, at anything, just uh, getting kind of a build up. And then most of the people who come to me with a goal, they come for half marathon or a marathon. How much sort of in terms of trail running and, and that style of running, we don't live in the best place for mountain biking or for all these, you know, gravel riding, but it is possible here and there. And I think the same is probably true of trail running to a degree, right? It's, it, this might not be the, uh, like the mecca of trail <laughs> running, but it is there if you look for it. I've recently found that uh, two uh, mountain bike tracks on at Fisk. Mm -hmm. so the, the park, 5k kilometers here from at north. Been going there to do the those those tracks. So they're about three kilometers and three kilometers and a half. You just do loops there and you have a bit of, yeah, don't have too much elevation, but you, you, you come across a hill, so you have to kind of change pace. Yeah. You have to change technique. 
you go up and then immediately you turn right and you go immediately go down and it's like it's loose gravel or or nowadays it's mud. Yeah. So you're all over the place, so you have to kind of adapt to that. That's where I get it wrong, because I wanted to do some trail running, so I went to Kamut. Yeah. I just found a couple of routes, never been on them. It's one big loop. <laughs> it's like, ended up doing 16 and a half K around uh, near Bloomingdale. I don't even know it. Amazing route, but it yeah. was just like, it took me well over two hours, and I was just getting lost. And, but I had the most fun. I had a lot of fun, but maybe I should consider some loop. And then I have a, a way to bail out at yeah. least and not end up in a bit of a mess. If I lived elsewhere, I think that would be my thing. It's the thing I really enjoy probably most when we were in, in Australia and New Zealand and, and mm. just being able to head into like some proper trails and stuff. Where it's I'm sort something of like, I really like and it's hard to describe the feeling because as everyone knows, I'm not a great runner. It's not my passion, but there's something different for me about doing a trail run where mm-hmm. I sort of get a sense of being alone and just being in this different sort of world that's weird and that's what I enjoy. It's, it's such a strange human. I can't, I can't describe it. And I, I discovered it when I was training for the ultra marathon when uh, I was in Poland and I do my usual, I'm like, all right, I, Matt had given me a plan and I think I had to run for three hours. And I was like, right, well, for me, that's, that's quite slow. That That's, that's maybe 25 K or something. So I would just go into Garmin, find a route and then go for it. And then yep. it turned up and it ended up being through these hills and mountains and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know where I am. I've only got one map to follow. So I'm doing it and uh, ended up being out over four hours. But it was that moment where I had this sense, I don't know if it's freedom, just something sort of, I, I can't describe how nice it was to spend those four hours in a completely strange forest, completely strange land. And that's what I get yeah. from trail running. That's why I really enjoy it. Definitely a, like a closer connection with nature in, in trail running than you get in, yeah, in anything else. Yeah. I also think that um, for me, the, if you can do or can incorporate trails, and even if it's some of the parks and stuff here in Amsterdam, right, they'll have like gravel sections and stuff. And okay, it's not perfect and it's not that traditional trail run, but I think uh, in terms of running strength and also I, I noticed running in the springtime in, in New Zealand a lot, we was doing a lot of trail running because we kind of, we were locked down in or just outside uh, Christchurch and, and we were sort of in the mountains. So had all these trails there, I noticed my efficiency running and also my core was getting a workout every single time because you're kind of leaning into corners and you're having to, yeah. even though I was trying to keep it quite easy, having to kind of power up hills in a different way. You have to run down hills in a different way and it makes you a much more efficient runner, I think. Yeah. I think if you, you know, obviously you might not be able to do it here, but if you go on vacation, you know, that's a, something to aim for maybe is that, or, or, you know, if you are going down to Limburg for a cycling weekend to throw the shoes in and, and try and sort of enjoy some of those opportunities because it'll make you a better runner I think yeah Yeah, if I would uh, suggest uh, the types of running that people can do I would say use track to improve your technique and use trail to to work everything else yeah the core and the strength and uh, just have fun on that do you need different gear for all these different styles of running so do you need if you're running on the track do you get track shoes I would say yes you have different types of running you you definitely need different types of gear and this by is, gear we're talking about shoes probably yeah, yeah. Th- this is the first year I've actually had a pair of dedicated trail shoes <laughs> so yeah. all my runs that I've done in the in the forest including yeah. my ultra marathon by the way that, that was a trail run I done with just like normal running shoes <laughs> and I now know the difference now that I use my trail shoes for trail running I yeah. know there's a big difference just in feeling I think it's a little bit like bikes right that if you've got um if you've got a kind of run-of-the-mill road bike you could probably do like uh, you know you can do some crits on it so that'd be like you can run on a track with it you can do your road racing 
you could probably go on some light gravel, that kind of thing. And the same for like a decent pair of road shoes. You can get away with them for everything. But like anything, like if you want to get better at it or if you want to make the most of it, then having the right tool for, for the job will do. I'd, I'd say sort of like for track, at least a lighter pair of road shoes, if not spikes. You're not necessarily going to need running spikes, but um, like a, a sort of more racy pair of shoes, a little bit lighter, will, will help. And trails around here, you'll probably get away with a normal pair of shoes. But if you do get into something like a little bit more gravelly and a little bit more loose underfoot, then and something with a bit more grip makes it a bit more... Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest difference, two two things. One is you do have more grip. You feel a little bit less unsteady. But for me, it's also just been dry. You don't think about this when you put your running shoes on. You go and run on a beach or run on a trail. You, you forget you're going to get wet within three minutes. But with trail shoes, they're, they're well, mines are go- waterproof. So that just makes such a big difference. The offshoot is I wear them now to walk the dog and stuff. So like, yeah. they've got loads of miles on them and they're not from running. <laughs> I guess in terms of gear, the other big one is sort of like, if you're running the track, you don't really need anything, right? You like shorts and a t-shirt, you're ready to go. If you're road running, you can probably time it to find some water fountains or whatever, or, or carry a small bottle around with you. But if you're out in the trails or yeah. looking at the longer distance type running, you don't want to be doing loops or something, then you need to be thinking about how you carry nutrition and, and fluid, yeah. I, get, I guess. And that's sort of a personal choice in a lot of ways. Like uh, you can get the the running vests, which, you know, a lot of people or the, I don't know what they're called exactly, but the carry vest, the, the yeah. water vest. They look ridiculous, but they're hugely useful. But you yeah. don't wear one, do you? Uh, you've... I do for they, when I've done uh, trail races, I've, right. I've worn one, but I don't. Re- I, I hate running with stuff on until like, I absolutely need to. I remember your Ultraman. You had like this two hundred mil flask tucked down somewhere. Yeah, and that was that. Yeah. That was like fucking hell. But you I must say, it's a, it's a matter of habit. In the beginning, when I got uh, the vest as well, because I, I started running with the vest in preparation for uh, Ultra Run that I did some years ago. And I thought, well, I, I get, I need, I need to get used to this because I'm gonna run a long, a lot with this. So I started running with it. So every run I did, I did with the vest, and yeah. I even put weight on it. Kind of simulates what I, what I was gonna carry, like yeah. as uh, mandatory gear and all of that. I must say, I I run now every every time with the vest. Yeah. I don't leave home without the vest. Really? Just just I, if I run without the vest, is at the track for the intervals, and I feel like I'm missing something. <laughs> So I'm the opposite. Like, I'd uh, almost take nothing if I can. If I can, if I can get by on water fountains, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Like, like I really dislike rain, and I haven't found it makes a big difference to when I then do need to wear one. It, I can. It, it's not like I don't know. Never riding in the aero bars or something. Like it's not such a big change to yeah, me yeah, that I can't. I'm, I'm similar. It doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't make, like if I do any run that's below 70, 75 minutes, I don't take anything. I might take a gel if I haven't eaten breakfast, which is quite common, and it shouldn't be. Yeah, it's only above like an hour and 15 or something. I'll, yeah. I'll consider taking something. And I hate wearing a vest because it just looks hideous. But I have trained when I was training for longer distances. I had my vest on with the flasks and the, the bladder in the back. It, it worked. It was great. And I used it for my, my ultra as well. But I, I, I'm not such a fan of wearing it. But I don't mind. I can switch between it and no bother. It doesn't bother me. So I think just as important for the long stuff and especially longer in trails and things is that there's a, a safety element there, right, as well. Sure. So. Not only food and drink, but making sure you've got a, a phone which is well charged. Um, and a blanket. A blanket, Foil yeah. blanket. What do you, uh, a lot of the races, at least if you've done races where like, you, there's a mandatory kit to, cra- mm-hmm. to carry as well. The, the, the ultra yeah. ones. Because it's most quite of high. You probably need to get a, a jacket, a, yeah. a rain, a, um, 
I wouldn't stop her or something. This rat race that I'm doing next year, hopefully, has a, a kit list like that. Like your jacket has to have taped seams. It's very specific. Uh, your shoes need to be waterproof, etc. So they're quite explicit about it. And I think you should. But I think for anyone, even a beginner going out to do a trail run, 5K, 10K, it doesn't matter. Always throw in a, a safety blanket. I'm saying a safety blanket. What's the name of it? It's the foil blanket that folds yeah. up into yeah. like a little square. But... They're about two bucks, and I always put it in my my. Yeah, if you take. buy if you buy a a vest or something, they often come free in there right. as well now. So uh, I just leave it tucked in there for when I do do those kind of things. Okay, so we had some questions. I, I sort of asked the WhatsApp group, uh, sort of uh, who had questions about running. So um, we had a few come in, or a few you know, repeated time and again. So I thought we'd bring up some of those. Number one was treadmill versus real running. So real running is everything that's not a treadmill. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so a track is real running. Yeah. Indoor track real running. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you might not like using it yourself, but what's your feeling on the treadmill versus uh, the real running? Well, I don't have that much experience. Like I said, I did once or twice in the gym, but then I, I don't like gym, so I, I didn't have access to a treadmill to uh, to run. And for me, the weather is no problem. So rain, snow, wind, I'll, I'll get out there. But the treadmill, I, I would say pretty good for like testing. It's a very consistent type of running. And I'm finding out now because I'm, again, I'm, I'm doing a, a running technique certification mm -hmm. and it comes very often that it's very good for analysis, for technical analysis because people are, are static, can put cameras on the side, on the back, on the front. Very good to kind of just check how, how they're running yeah in a way that you unless you're like following on <laughs> on a bike or, yeah, yeah or, exactly it's kind of hard to do you can do swift is uh, on a treadmill as well now right? yeah, yeah yeah with foot pods or, yeah. or power yeah. meter and stuff yeah it's something I've, I've i'm the same there um unless it's sort of like icy underfoot where it's sort of dangerous i, I i've not really come across weather where I'm not going to go i might look at when the worst rain of the day is and trying to avoid that but i don't mind sort of putting a putting a waterproof on and going out into, it's quite fun to run that There's way. There's something quite nice about it. Yeah, maybe like when it's like one of those crazy Amsterdam windy days, it's not that much fun. You're running kind of world record pace in one direction and, <laughs> and sort of hardly moving into the other direction. But I, I'm, I'm sort of the same, but I know that some people don't feel that way about it. Or also just from a practicality perspective, right? If you if you sort of find it hard to find places to run or, or, you know, maybe you've got a couple of athletes that I coach who've got, who've won, you know, went and bought a treadmill because they're they've got kids upstairs or, or whatever so they can sort of do a session while staying at home and stuff and i think there's definitely uh i'd say it's very similar to kind of a, a bike trainer in that sense right that there's, there's definitely benefits there but there's also um most people run or when they do run in a treadmill it tends to be in the gym and one thing i'm always weary about is like how well calibrated those machines are how realistic is that pace how realistic so i think you just need to have like some tools that you're going to take into to use and maybe run off heart rate or something. Yeah. Um, I think the only t <coughs> time I tend to use a treadmill is if I'm traveling or something. And even then I try and get out in whatever city yeah. I'm in, but generally I won't use a treadmill. The other problem with treadmills for me, and this would be the same if you had a trainer in a, in a gym, is that there's never enough uh, fans or, or you know, you've got that <laughs> so little tiny little like event, which does absolutely nothing. Mm. One of the times I did use when I was living in Dubai, if, if I did, missed a sort of a, a really early morning run or something and it, during summer, you know, it was 48 degrees or something. You, you, it was ridiculous. You couldn't get out. I had a gym membership and I, I took my own fan, <laughs> plugged yeah, it in. Just was it uh, one of those little hats with the wee uh, yeah. fan? <laughs> I wish, I wish. <laughs> It'd been awesome. Yeah, everyone has a preference. I mean, some people 
probably swear by the treadmill and they do it 80% of the time, then go do the dam to dam and everything's good. So. Yeah. A lot of um, like pro athletes will use it for the quality work, right? For yeah. like, uh, they say um, leg turnover, it can really improve leg turnover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'd say where there is probably can a, you tell a benefit, us what leg turnover is? Speed, like cadence, right. uh, how fast you look, you 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 know how, how many times per minute your 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 feet are hitting the feet hits the pavement exactly. <laughs> so to try and speed that, you know, obviously just like cycling, like the faster you pedal, the faster your legs hit the ground, the faster yeah. you're going to go. Essentially, assuming. Your stride says the same. Yeah. The other, the other benefit, just thinking now as well, would be if like living here, if you were going to do something like a mountain run or something that you're able to kind of uh, do long sets with the with the uh, incline jacked yeah. up yeah. to you know four or five percent or something, which is really hard to do on bridges here <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> without doing like two hundred reps over the Nessio Bridge or whatever it is here. <laughs> so uh, okay, so on to the next question. This was from Fabio. And he asked, running, do we do it with power, pace, or heart rate? Uh, I would say it depends on what you're aiming at, what, what kind of training you're doing. And I would uh, add one more to that, which is the RPE, uh, rate mm-hmm. of perceived uh, yeah. uh, exertion. Normally, the, the way I set up uh, training plans, I like to start the, the build-up with uh, heart rate. You think about uh, a training plan in terms of going for a race, you go from the least specific aspect of your training to the most specific mm-hmm. aspect of the training. So you start with heart rate because it gives you a, a broad area to work with in terms of uh, zones. And then once you get into maybe a lactate threshold uh, peak, then you start uh, switching to, uh, to pace, a race pace, and then start doing uh, more uh, based on that. Yeah, I'd agree, especially for like foundation, uh, you know, base training, the winter training, off season, all those things I do based on heart rate because yeah. you, you're also looking at limiting the physiological output at that point and heart rate's the best way. Oh, power to a degree now we're seeing that in there, but even that, it tells you about like mechanical force rather than strain on the body, right? Whereas heart rate is literally strain on the body, like what the body's doing on any given day, any given run. So I'd definitely sort of start the season that way. I'd also say that maybe the less experience you have as a runner, the more I'd lean on heart rate uh, and work the way through that if it was a first season or two maybe. And with a more experienced runner, once you've got that sort of foundation out of the way, lean towards more pace and probably power. I'm, I'm still not doing a lot of training based on run power. Um, so how do you measure that? Very similar to, to um, oh, how you... We're, Mechanically or yeah, with a stride, like there's a power meter now. Okay, uh, for your shoes. Well, there's a few. There are some that uh, exist in shoes, but the stride is probably the most yeah. popular and that just clips on. There's no power tap sneakers then. They have, uh, there's <laughs> patents for them. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's going to be a big deal at some point for sure. In that kind of point of it being objective rather than subjective, you know, mm-hmm. feedback just the same as it is with a bike. But it's never one thing either, right? You approach it in exactly the same way. Essentially, you, you look at your, your threshold levels kind of and base your zones off that. So you, you're just using power rather than heart rate to build or pace to base your zones in that sense. Just the same as a bike. There's always that balance. And I think probably even more so with a run than on a bike in that it's one thing to say you can run at 200 watts, but if you're, or, you know, you, you can technically run a marathon at 200 watts, but if your heart rate's at 185 beats per minute, you're not going to be able to sustain that. Yeah. So you, yeah. you have to look at the two things in correlation, just, just as on a, on a yeah. bike. And I would also say power, uh, the way I see it, and I'm, it's something that I want to start tapping into more for moments or instances where 
heart rate and pace aren't reliable. Yeah. So for instance, if you have elevation, so once you start climbing, your heart yeah. rate is going to spike up and your pace is going to go down. If you're on a training plan, it says 20 minutes at 160 and you start climbing, uh, if you have to lower to 160 heart rate, it's going to take a while for the heart mm -hmm. rate to adjust. There's always a lag, yeah. A lag and pace is not going to be representative yeah. uh, uh, because you won't be able to, uh, to uh, depending on the, on, the, on, the, on the elevation. So power could be a, a measure you kind of keep because then power will be, power is more of a, a normalized metric. Yeah. Because then it will give you... It's objective in real yeah, time, exactly, right? Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, even running downhill, if you think like yeah. uh, it would be very hard to, well, you're going to be running much faster, so you're yeah. not going to be able to stay in zones that keeping zones that way. Usually, the heart rate's going to drop lower because gravity is your friend, yeah. and and makes the mechanical work and you're less. You're going to go faster because yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. down. So and then you have to adjust. Exactly. To, yeah. No, I the think there's, there's a lot of benefit there. The one person that I'm coaching who who lives in, in Norway and he does have up and downs, he started using power for that reason, yeah. also gives him a, a more objective crossover between the treadmill and outdoors. Then you're able to apply those things. You you prescribe the trainings. We have the zones also set up in the yeah. in the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this is like feeling my way through this a little bit and reading my way through. But it's it's very very similar to cycling yeah. power yeah. in that sense. You're looking for essentially someone's anaerobic threshold and you work through 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 that um, based on the power numbers. So yeah. it's interesting. I I don't know if it's a game changer. It's definitely a, it's a one more metric. Gonna, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Next question from Michael. I think. Run cadence, discuss. We talked about what that is. So that's how, that's your feet pound, pounding the pavement, right? Like exactly. That. How fast you... So you've got two things. In cycling, it's how fast your legs go uh, turn around, multiplied by what gear you're pushing. So if you keep a cadence of 90, but you push a bigger gear, you're going faster. Same in running, in that it's stride length, how far you cover with every step, multiplied by you know, how many times you step in, in, a, in a minute or in any given moment. You know, and a sprinter uh, has high run cadence. Usually, yeah. yeah, I guess so, yeah. yeah. And the ballpark that, well, or the guidance is usually about the same as cycling, actually, right? So 90 or 180, depending if you count one foot or two feet, is sort of given as the, the gold standard, just as 90 is in, on the bike. But I think there's always a bit of leeway. So is this something people should pay attention to? I mean, I guess uh, Mikhail's question. I would say yes as a tool, but I normally prescribe cadence-adjusted uh, running uh, if, for instance, I see them overstriding, for instance, where they're they're extending too much their leg, they're trying to reach in front, they end up heel striking. What I, I I normally say, okay, try to increase your cadence so that that, that will shorten the stride. They're gonna start landing a little bit more under their center of gravity. You also see, like in a matrix, maybe uh, they have a, depending on their height and their their stride length and their cadence. And you see like maybe they're doing 160, maybe going to 180 is too much. It also depends on the speed because you, you can measure the effectiveness of uh, cadence as a bell curve. So too little is inefficient, too much is inefficient. It's a little bit like Matt said, a sweet spot around 180. But also for some people, 180 is, is a lot. Also, there's a lot of turnover. You need to get to a certain speed to kind of reach that. So <laughs> I can't imagine I'm doing 180. <laughs> Certainly not looking at my pace. <laughs> I don't think you'd be far off. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, how would you measure it? Just count for 15 seconds and then you can count well, if you're doing it while you're running for sure. But you can also re retrospectively check your Garmin and it'll usually tell you your Let's your cadence. It. Let's do it. Let's do it live. <laughs> <laughs> and then we may edit this out. <laughs> 
But yeah, you're right. Because also, like, if you're if you're a kind of 150 centimeter person, the chances are you're taking a whole lot more steps. Yeah. Uh, you you're just gonna have a naturally faster turnover yeah. than if you're two meters, right? Like that's yeah. just gonna be something that happens. Yeah, I, I'd be the, exactly the same in terms of. We had a question a little while ago. I don't know if we covered it in that show around four foot running. And I think this is something that's become a bit of misunderstood subject in the, for a while it was like everyone needs to run right on the front of their foot. They need to be just, up on their toes. Just to be clear here, four foot running is not dwarfs or anything. It's about using the front of the foot. Literally landing on the front of the foot and pushing <laughs> just, off with the front of the foot. So if you want, yeah. I had some weird image in my head. It sounded good. Yeah, actually, it's, it's not really fun. four foot. Yeah. If you want a good example, like go to YouTube and look at Alistair Brownlee run, right? Like mm. he's basically on his tiptoes as runs and the idea that we all want to be like that but we're not all built like alistair brownlee but sort I, of, I would i would uh, i would question does he train like that because racing like that is something training like that is different because we see him racing i think when you see him train he tends to but he's also uh him and johnny are injured an awful lot uh usually achilles problems which i i don't think is coincidental one of the things with forefoot running was like it stops you from overstriding right because you're not then going to land on the heel but it's this sort of whole misnomer, these whole things being rolled together. And I think basically it's that you want to be landing sort of pretty much under your body rather than out front. And one way to ensure you're doing that is by increasing your cadence, right? Because a faster cadence makes it very, very, very hard to sort of reach out and to overstride in that way. But conversely, short striding is also a problem. Yeah, it can be inefficient, in a, is it, but, yeah, but it, be inefficient. It, it's probably less physiologically, less risk of injury, let's say. Well, then you're going to start working other muscle groups. You're going to get the mm-hmm. calves and the Achilles tendon. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you, you start working more of your lower legs. Yeah, it's true. I, I've rarely seen anyone with a too fast cadence. Too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On that, let's have a look. I found my, I found my records. Okay, let's see. It turns out that my average is actually 162, so it's definitely not up at that 180. But that's including warm-ups and cool-downs and stuff where you'd expect Well, this was actually be... some, some, some strides, so okay. that's actually a faster one for me. If I was to look at today's run, I think it would be even less. So um, what was today's run? Talk, talk us through. Today's run was What's just... What's that green just... part there? If you go to the green, what kind of number you get there okay. at the end? That, that big section there. What yeah. do you have there? No, the, the oh, no, that's yeah. 166, 165. So we're looking at my Garmin Connect. 165, yeah. okay. So yeah, that's, that's not terrible. You're not miles away as well. If you think that that's... And like, what kind of pace were you doing there? I do not have a high pace at all. So let's. I was running basically the heart rate with then five strides, I think. I'd done some intervals. But my pace is usually like if I'm doing a, a heart, like on a, a low, like a math run, my pace is really slow. It's like seven seven minutes easily. I'm, I'm yeah, just but not then fast. You also runner. cannot expect going 180. Today's without the um, without the strides is very similar, 162. So, but I, I know that I, I'm I'm quite a lazy runner. I can feel it. Like I find myself thinking, I don't know, just not powering it. Maybe I yeah. need to do some cadence work to get that up. So how would how would Neil approach that if he wants yeah. to get his cadence up, wants to work on that? How would he say he needs to? Uh, I mean, apart it? from the obvious, I mean, it's apart from just saying you know run quicker. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a very interesting connection between what happens on our lower body in relation to your upper body. You, if you want to increase your cadence, very often don't focus on your legs, focus on your arms. You'll okay. increase your cadence by moving more your arms, by moving your arms faster. That's interesting. Uh, that, will, that will not just make you faster, but if you try to keep the speed 
that you're going by moving more your arms, you increase your cadence. That's interesting. I'm going to try that. I'll do a run and I'll try and concentrate just on my arms and see yeah. we'll come back and see what the cadence is next episode. One thing I, I sort of recommend people to do sometimes is like midway through a run, maybe count how many times your right foot hits the ground in 30 seconds. Take the next 30 and say, okay, I'm going to do it faster this time. And then count that time and yeah. then try and hold that for a little because it's unrealistic that you're going to go out and maybe run an hour at a five. You know, it's, it's, mm. it's a very iterative process, right, to improve these things. And you don't have to work at it all the time but it might be that you go well i'm gonna do five minutes of warm-up and then the following five minutes of warm-up i'm gonna work really hard at just making sure i won with the fastest stride and then my main set you know i might just run an hour what, what feels natural and then maybe finish with five minutes where i'll try and you know so don't try and do it all at once because it's going to be a lot of changes but just sort of and very tiring yeah and exhausting, <laughs> exhausting at first yeah. right yeah as you because you're, you you're so conscious it. about what you're doing yeah that's uh, you're actually not it, it's not very pleasant, actually, yeah. because and it's counterintuitive. Because yeah. ultimately, it makes you more efficient and it's less tiring. Yeah. But but for that the time, beginning is. it's like swimming as well. Like when you change anything, it becomes more tiring at mm. first because you're you're getting your body to act against what it's become good and natural at doing. So um, any changes in that way is gonna gonna impact. Okay, so what about uphill and downhill running? It's sort of a special speciality. That I, I injured myself by doing a lot of downhill running once. Really hurt myself for like I, I thought something had gone really bad. This was years and years ago, but really I just messed up my legs by doing too much downhill too soon. Well, <laughs> I don't have that much experience uphill <laughs> and downhill. Uh, for the little experience I have from doing a, a couple runs uh, abroad, it's really. Um, uh, technical, especially the the downhill running. It's extremely fun also to go fast downhill, very dangerous. Mm. The races I did, I was uh, running with a friend of mine. He's a very experienced uh, trail runner. And uh, I was trying to follow him and it was just zigzagging through the paths and it was like full of leaves and, and, mm -hmm. and who knows what under. And I was always like stepping over something and almost twitching uh, um, an ankle or something. But it's, I, I found after a while in the beginning, it was like completely inexperienced, but then you found, you find a rhythm and yeah. you find a certain way of running and you kind of know how to brace yourself because then you have to go, go like 90 degrees, uh, immediate turn and your, your, your body is pushing you forward, but you have to turn yeah. right. Yeah. So you have to kind of balance it out. Uh, it's a lot of fun, but it's very technical and you can, you can, it can go wrong really fast. And, and uphill running has also got its, <laughs> its challenges, right? I mean, would you, I, I remember I was running a, a plan or a, like an app I was using or something and it was saying when you're going uphill, just don't try and keep the same cadence, just try and keep the same sort of uh, smaller steps, it was saying smaller steps and, yeah. and I think that helps me for the small amount of hills that we do here. But I've done uphill was uh, was actually what I've been reading was 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 the wrong way of going uphill, right? Because I was bending at at the waist and then putting my hands on on mm -hmm. on on my legs and trying to kind of power up through the hill, uh, while I should probably try to be a bit more light and loose and kind of get uh, uh, stabilize a little bit my my running yeah. form. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. Yeah, I, people have a tendency. It's like when you fatigue, people have a tendency to bend, right? Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Also to maybe sort of overstride as you go uphill as well. So that's that small steps is a really good thing, like small light steps yep. and stay nice and upright as well. Really sort of yep. show 
throw the shoulders back. The other thing is like, tr don't try to go too fast. Yeah, but you're running uphill, right? You uh, feel like it's because, a sort of common mistake, right? Where you yeah. just say whatever pace I'm doing leading up to the hill, I have to keep that. But actually, when I heard this, it was an app. I think it was I was using running to an app or something. It was a few years ago, and it just said take smaller steps, and it really helped me just to get through the hill. Yeah, get over the hill. I think a lot of people try to or, or maintain something of a pace or yeah. something like that, and don't allow. But the thing, and the thing is, your you're not, if just, your heart rate's like 175, yeah. like <laughs> you're going to spend the next 20 minutes purely glycolytic and never going to recover from that. Yeah, so yeah. it's just going to, you know, you're burning so many matches yeah. doing that, especially for a race. Just taking the point that like from a training perspective, uphill is a, a underused training sort of uh, stimulus. And especially for things like strides or for sprints and stuff to here, yeah, it might be finding just a long bridge, literally, or, or a flyover. Which you we know, all have. Which we, we have. have yeah, you know, like. school bridge. Yeah, so, so stuff like that. But um, it forces you into good technique, essentially, mm -hmm. right, as you, as you sprint uphill. You're also limiting the forces by your step isn't coming all the way down each time, if you think of that. So you're, you're sort of limiting the forces. So oh, it yeah. makes it possible to sprint in maybe a safer way. But also that it adds that stimulus. So again, it's going to be an, an extra hard workout and add strength to your running by going uphill in that way. So I like to always add at some periods of the season, some strides and stuff in there, which will, yeah, up and down the bridge, essentially trying to, and that might only be 20 or 30 seconds, turn around, go back kind of thing. But I think it's a really strong stimulus. What are the general mistakes people make when running? I always hear uh, people saying like, I can't run. My knees hurt. Knees is a good one. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm bad at running. And that usually comes down to one thing. People leave the house and go one pace, which is way too fast <laughs> yeah. for their fitness level. Like anything, if you only do it once every so often and do it at a level which is beyond your capability, you're probably going to get injured doing it and you're yeah. probably going to hate yourself while you're doing it. Yeah. So yeah. not a surprise there. So I think for most people, they do most of their, or most beginners do most of their running too hard. Yeah, That would be a big mistake I see. But it's a, it's a bit understandable because if you think about running, when you ask people, uh, like, define running in, in a couple of words, a lot of them will, will have, like, it, it's hard, it's difficult, it's painful. And uh, it comes down to if you have half hour to go for a run, they want to have the, 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 the max of it. Yeah. They, they want to come back sweating and they want to, like, I had a good workout. Yeah. And that means as soon as you're out the door, you're... you're it's you're not necessarily it. the best way to to meet that goal though right i mean it's perception people perceive that yeah. if they I'm might make the mass, most of that 30 minutes but then they don't do it again for four more weeks <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, no, no, no. so they definitely, you know yeah. instead of this sort of it's a perception of it, yeah, but yeah yeah definitely not the yeah. the the metabolic gains yeah exactly it. any other mistake common mistakes that people make i see it very often in the beginning uh when i pick up uh athletes that they don't do any warm-up or okay, they, yeah. they don't do focus on warming up. Again, they lace up, they get out the door and they start running. And they do that one pace. <laughs> and they do that one pace. Also... And add to that probably technique as well, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. What I suggest or, or uh, put on their, their plans is a dynamic warm-up. It's actually drills, which has is a twofold. Ten minutes is warming up and also teaching a little bit of technique. Mm, so yeah, common mistake, no warm-up and no yeah. drills. Even for myself, I would every single run do 10 minutes of warm-up of which three or four minutes would be drills. Yeah. Even in like an endurance run or something like that, not, not even necessarily a, a fast run, but there's always that, that part in, in it to the point where now I don't feel right unless I do uh, a couple of drills before I, I start running. It doesn't feel like I'm ready to go almost. So it's got that, that part, but it's just reinforcing those good 
those good sort of technique habits yep. as well. So let's uh, try and top this. What is the top three pieces of advice to someone that wants to up their running game? So I'd say for me that uh, run based on time, not based on distance. Yeah. You'll see people going out, I'm going to do a 10K and then I'm going to run 12K. It doesn't matter. They start with 20 minutes, then the week later do 25 minutes yeah. and stuff. Your body doesn't know distance. It knows how long it's going for. <laughs> so running on time, that would be number one. Lewis, number two. I would say take it down a notch. Go slow to go fast. Plan ahead where, where you want to be, where, what you want to do, and then just build up to it. That was actually four pieces of advice. The other one is I think one. a lot of people have like a preconceived notion. I, I, run a, I want to run a 3.30 marathon. Mm. Great, where did that come from? Yeah. Like, <laughs> where did that idea? My I, brother like, done it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, yeah, my, my friend done it. You know, like, it's just good reasons. Yeah, yeah. I'd, like, I'd, write, I'd like to run a 2.30 marathon. It's never going to happen, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> while, we're, while we're dreaming. So, uh, they, you know. Uh, so be realistic. People know that like, sort of um, anyone I coach, that it, it becomes a real mantra is like be process driven, like worry about yeah. the training, worry about all those things, do everything right. And then you'll be in the best shape to run the best race you can do on the day. It's and that will be true. it. You know, they, that's what you can do. No amount of time. or And also you might even be selling yourself short with a 3.30 marathon. Maybe you're a 3.10 marathoner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got a, a genetic gift to run yeah. uh, and you've got the engine there. Don't go in with preconceived notions about what, what a time is. On that, we're going to finish up with the running. So we, we, there's a part of the show where we usually come on to the, the, the Strava, Strava segment. This is where we get a laugh because we, <laughs> we look at Neil's Strava profile and we compare it with our guest. So, Lewis, we've got your Strava profile up here. Do you want to take a guess at how, how it might look against mine? Be honest. Um, you can you're going to win two out of three. <laughs> that, I, think, I think you're right. I think you're right. But if we look at total. <laughs> right. So let us look. Let us see. Right. So. This might be Neil's first swim win. <laughs> That's true. Long shot. Well, actually, I've only done one swim, but you're very right. It's one swim more than you have. Exactly. <laughs> it's only registered 22 minutes, which is bullshit because I was in the pool longer than 20 then, 22 minutes more than I did. It's 22, 22 minutes, minutes in the Miranda Bat at the moment is worth double, I'd say. So, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. On that, we should, we should talk about that. You know, um, I was really scared. You know, there was a lot of chat in the WhatsApp group about Miranda Bad and it's cold and, oh, I couldn't do 30 minutes. And I was shitting myself. Uh, Brian uh, had given me his 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 ticket to go and and I was like right straight off in my clothes I'm not even going to think about it not off in my clothes fully for the Miranda bad regulars you'll know what we mean there swim trunks and I just dived straight in and I was like this is actually alright the water's lovely I, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. I just have a little bit more insulation than the people <laughs> it, it was Lorna and yourself Matt <laughs> yeah, yeah. who were like oh it was a bit cold and I'm like right Lorna it's London's going to be cold. That's all right. We'd expect that. But I'm like a fair weather athlete. I, 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 <laughs> but I, I, I find it really hard there because the first time I wore a wetsuit and was like, I don't need a wetsuit. This is no. fine. Yep. Next time I didn't and I was freezing the whole time. <laughs> and it's obviously the water's fine, but it was a really chilly, windy day. And That's, so every time you come out yeah. or you stop, I was cold. And then yeah. everyone on the side was like purple lips. It was really cold yeah, outside. Yeah, it I was think fresh I was on the, the way out. The same day. But actually the water was quite pleasant. And as I say, I think I've, I've got a wee bit yeah. extra insulation, but it, it was really quite nice. I've got to like, I'm doing it in wetsuit now just because oh, really? it makes it at least like I can do a 45 minute, 50 minute swim then yeah. and not have to work. It's actually also nicer getting out. 
Yeah, of course. Um, but then you still there's no getting away from it. You've got to take that wetsuit off. You and do, then, but and like then you've got there. that kind of you've got that moment of like you can get the towel ready. You've, yeah. you like you can get yourself ready a little there's bit. There's a better, warm shower so, down uh, the bottom. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't do that because I, I figure. Um, well, like you said, I might never leave. Yeah, and also, that. you're making the uh, getting out of that water, which is you know heated but f- normal to the outdoor. That's bad enough, but getting out of a warm shower to that. Yeah, that's, I, that, that's be, why I couldn't do it because it feels like it make leave. it worse. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. just be like, oh, this is so nice. Yeah. So I never took shower. There's probably a queue there, no? Um, like people waiting. Not when I go out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe when all the yeah. the, the regulars. If you stay in for 45 minutes, maybe, but not after 22. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I beat you in the swim. So there you go. Biking. I don't know why, but I've got one, 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 uh, oh, it's the last four weeks. I've done a few turbo sessions. So yeah, you've done zero according to this in the last four I've weeks. I've done one bike ride. Yeah, it's weird. It says you've done zero bike rides, but you've managed to clock up 40 kilometers. <laughs> oh no, that's this year. 40 kilometers this year on your bike list. Yes. <laughs> You're quite I proud of that. Well. Yes, I have. <laughs> and I'm 1,400 yeah. kilometers, yeah. which is, I'm surprised. And I flat tired 100 meters from home. Oh, oh really? <laughs> I was going to say 40k, but what a ride. <laughs> <laughs> and we've run out of time, so we can't come on to yeah. running. Sorry about this. <laughs> so running, um, so my average distance over the last four weeks uh, per week is I'm going to round it up. It's five k, and and yours is forty one k. So that's quite that's quite impressive. That's yeah. pretty good. You're averaging just over three and a half hours per week running. What do you reckon? You're uh, you probably know this. Are you looking at your Strava at the moment? Yes, I can ah, see it. Yeah, <laughs> I can prepare. There goes, <laughs> there goes the next time. But you've done an eighteen minute five k, and well, your all time PR for a five k. That's pretty good. Nice, very nice. A 37-minute 10K. Slowing down a bit there. Slowing down a bit. Uh, one hour, two minutes for a 15K. Wow. 10 miles, one hour, seven minutes. Okay, well, well done. Um, We're going to go, like, where are you now? So this is where we got that new jingle last time. Shall we play the jingle? Let's uh, let's play the jingle. And your training plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, I love it. So, yeah, th- this is where Matt is going to talk about where you should be in your training plan assuming that you're do, you're racing next year and say a half Ironman or something so last time you, we spoke about where you might be then now we're a month on so yeah so last in month. January you've probably eaten too much chocolates yeah ideal time to start training hard <laughs> uh, so we were talking last month about being kind of static you didn't want to get more fit you didn't want to get less fit essentially just start getting you know frequent again I'd say this is where you do start your proper base training would right. be kind of uh, beginning of January so you've been training to train I'd say almost so far to just to make sure that you're in a position to start putting down proper base proper base is going to look different for everybody but for almost everyone it's going to mean a bit like or, or quite a heavy focus on very aerobic work and then looking at maybe addressing some of the weaknesses that you have I would say if we were breaking it down then swim stay fairly technique focused just you know if you're swim <laughs> just get through it and get through your half hour in Miranda Bay, whatever but yeah, if, if we do get back to real swimming, good technique focus and just start to steadily build the meters. The run, Luis, how would you have people running at the moment? Uh, yeah, depending on, on what they're aiming at. Uh, so let's say a half Ironman in June. In June? Yeah, or, or an Ironman. Yeah, know. or even like, I don't know, like a April, May, if, if we were to have marathons and half marathons at that time. Like swimming, focusing on technique, yeah, yeah. getting a good build, yeah, a, yeah. A, good, a good base. Might start to add a little bit of time to one of your runs each week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Sort of a weekend run might start to build a little bit, like nice and easy, but add sort of 10 minutes or five to 10 minutes each week or something just to yeah. build a bit of endurance there. And that yeah, so far, so far away, I, 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 I like to add like both ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. like uh, 
long, short runs yeah. and and intervals. Yeah. yeah, and I'd say probably similar for, for biking for a lot. Bit of technique on the bike as well, good to do on the trainer. Lots of easy zone two for most people, depending, yeah, if, if you've had testing with me, you might change that. But uh, yeah, some of that's uh, in person specific, but everyone's going to be doing some degree of base at the moment. And it might be that you're, you're sort of working some of your higher en- uh, energy systems, but wherever you have a weakness, so that could be once a week, once every two weeks, doing some like VO2 max intervals, that kind of thing. Or it might even just be like 30 seconds hard in the middle of a, an endurance session. You yeah. could also do that in, in running, right? Have a longer session and then just throw a couple of strides in there just to sort of start opening the legs up a bit. Well, I've done that this week, so I've got something, right? There you go. <laughs> okay, thank you, Matt. We usually end on what are we watching, what are we listening, what are we reading, that kind of thing. So if you're not prepared for this, Lewis, you've not been listening to the podcast. So tell us what you're reading at the moment or listening to apart from the Attack podcast. A lot of audiobooks. Yeah. Pretty much all my runs is uh, on audiobooks. Okay. The last two months I've been uh, doing this uh, running technique certification. My book or my suggestion is The Lost Art of Running by Shane Benzie. Okay. He's a running technique analyst and coach. And he went down to uh, to Kenya to uh, search and uh, to research why the Kenyans are such a, uh, uh, good runners. And then focused on, on, on their running technique and analyzing and coming up with, uh, with, with, with the answers for, yeah, what, why they're so good. Nice. Matt? I, I'm, I'm going to take it sort of uh, down a level. Uh, <laughs> I've usually done like books and podcasts, but um, this one is a TV show. It came across Ted Lasso. Brilliant. And Absolutely I wasn't expecting a whole lot from it, nah. but it's really enjoyable. <laughs> you know, like, I'd done the yeah, exact same. Yeah. I'd done it. It was a turbo session. It was, And I was like, oh, there wasn't a lot sort of jumping out at yeah. me on Apple, yeah, yeah. on Apple. Actually, within about the first 20 minutes, I was hooked and I, I just smashed out the whole season. I was yeah. so angry at myself because actually I started watching it when they were still releasing them and releasing them. Oh, really? It's just, so just, it, it was, it's... Can't uh, describe how well done that is. Yeah, it's, it, it's all come, came from a, an ad for the Premier League where they had, uh, what's it, Jason Sudeikis, is it? The I American actor uh, sort of played a, a really sort of cheesy American sports coach who was going to come over and coach in the Premier <laughs> Mirror League oh, and it's, uh, it's, essentially they've sort of rolled out that one like 10 second advert to a whole series so the expectancy wasn't high but uh, expectations weren't high but actually it's really it's actually there's a bit of heart in it as well it's there not just so uh, much thought put into that yeah, storyline like the way the characters develop honestly it's so hard to describe because if yeah. you looked at it you'd think this is going to be it shit, can't be good but it's really amazing. enjoyable like, yeah, it's yeah, so and clever it's, um, the way they've developed all it's quite that. it's good for this time of year right you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. not a lot good happens in the world and yeah. stuff and it's just a very like pleasant series in and that it way. throws it a few surprises you. in as yeah, well yeah, yeah. it throws in a few surprises when you started to talk about this on Apple TV I was hoping that's what you were yeah, going to yeah, say yeah so I, that's, a, that's a good recommendation it's, it's maybe also it's s- almost worth spending a grand on a map for <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe also symbolic of the fact that maybe Apple has nothing else on it <laughs> we both ended but, up watching the same well, thing there <laughs> were other things but I like there's uh, a couple of shows but I've been ordered not to watch them without the wife 
Oh, yeah, thing, that's cheap, you know, apparently. Yeah, Netflix yeah, yeah, yeah. cheap, Apple cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. so there's a few that we did want to dive into there. Yeah. And also there's some good movies on there as well. Yeah. Obviously, you have to pay a bit more, but the Definitely start with that one. Yeah, it's Ted Lasso. Brilliant. So if you it's, haven't, it's, yeah, it's, it's so well brilliant. worth it. Yeah, like, absolutely like, good brilliant. train of fodder. Anyway, for me, it's never anything to do with sport. I've, I've been doing a lot of DIY recently. The house has been renovated, and I think I'm amazing at learning DIY skills, and I always end up fucking it up. But I've been watching, I've been watching carpentry videos on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so a guy called Scott Brown Carpentry, man, I'm just hooked on it. Yeah. I'm like, every night I'm half an hour watching carpentry videos thinking I wish I had that too. I was wish that I had the, that. Uh, so ridiculous. Was that the rabbit hole you disappeared down That's last exactly night. what I was talking about. Like just watching so much shite. So um, sorry to disappoint. Subscribe, rate, and review Attack the Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. Find show notes and links on attack-club.nl and leave comments, questions, and suggestions on Instagram at attack.club. Happy training and racing.